0: Uh, If you have your Bible, we're going to be looking in Daniel chapter 6. We're just going to look at one verse today, verse number 10. And so if you are curious as to where that is, if you go right to the middle of your Bible, you'll hit the book of Psalms and go about a half inch to your right and you will run into Daniel. And so we'll be looking at Daniel Chapter six, verse number ten. Uh, we are concluding our series today. Unshakable, the call to be different. And so, for this entire month, we've we've seen that that one thing that God calls His people, that He calls Christians to do, is He calls us to live separate lives, uh, to live lives that are different than everybody else's. And one of the ways that we're going to look at today that we fulfill that calling to be different is by having a spirit of thanksgiving by being a people who are thankful now I know that sounds really good but let me tell you something that is, a, that is a rare quality these days I mean instead of seeing a spirit of thankfulness I mean just sort of typically what we see and what you see just in, in media what you see really in people in the service industry it's like every, everything is an inconvenience And we're upset and not happy about anything. So if we are going to be different, which God has called his people to be different, one of the ways that we achieve that is by being a people who are thankful. Uh, Now, I'm afraid that many of us are sort of like the, the old guy that was at, he was at a post office, and he needed help with the postcard, and so he asked the guy, he said, Hey, would you help me with this postcard? And so the guy said, well, sure, I'd be glad to help, and he walked over. He said, would you put the address on it for me? And so the guy wrote down the address. He said, well, I I just want you to write a little note for me too. So the guy said, well, sure, what do you want me to say? And so he wrote it down, and he said, would you put a P.S. on there as well? I said, okay, and so he put down P.S. He said, "What do you want me to write? He said, put, sorry for the sloppy handwriting. Now I, I think sometimes you know that's just sort of sort of where we are as you know as a culture you know whenever whenever things don't go the way we want them to, you know we get upset because we are deserving you know so much more when things don't work out our way, it's like the cosmic forces are all screwed up and uh, and somehow they've decided to offend me. But when I look into our scripture today, I see that one thing that God has called his people to do and to be, is he's called us, to be thankful. And so that's why we're looking at this man named Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. And so like if you grew up in the church and you are familiar with Daniel, I'll ask y'all this, um, what, what, is the, what is the one story that you think of when you hear the name Daniel in the Bible? All right, good job, I'm, I'm impressed. I heard more from this side. Not as much from this side. So we're going to focus on y'all at this time. Uh, so yeah, we think of Daniel and the lion's den. Now the text we are looking at today, it, it is, it is right, what, what happens right before Daniel goes into the lion's den. But it's, it's his reaction to that news that really gives us some great examples of how to be a people that are thankful regardless of what's happening around us. So that's why we're going to look at that one verse today. Uh, Just as a reminder, a little background information about Daniel. Daniel was from Jerusalem. uh, and, And King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the Babylonian king, he came into Jerusalem. He basically just ransacked the entire place, took the best and the brightest young people, brought them into captivity into Babylon, and Daniel was one of these guys. Now, Daniel was such a sharp guy that they noticed this guy, he's got, he's got a future for us. And so Daniel was being raised up in order to be a leader in this country where he started out as a slave. As you can imagine, that made a lot of people jealous. A lot of people didn't like Daniel. They got frustrated at Daniel. And so they wanted to do whatever they could in order to knock Daniel down a notch. But regardless of of it all that was going on around Daniel's life, Daniel was a man that remained thankful. Now, as, as we are living in a world that's becoming more and more coarse, that I think is becoming more and more angry, Christians have a great opportunity to stand out from everybody else by being grateful, by being a people of thanksgiving. You know, we're told in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18, it says rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I think that's really interesting. You want to know what God's will is for your life? It's to be thankful. God wills for you to be a thankful person. Now, that sounds really good, but then here's the big question I've got. How do we pull that off? You know, how do, how do we demonstrate a spirit of thankfulness? Well, let's look at Daniel. And we're going to see a few examples from Daniel's life on how to be thankful. And the very first thing that I notice here, first example he shares with us is this. Don't allow your circumstances to change your practice, to change the way that you live. Now, Now, look with me in verse number 10. It says, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed he went into his house, and the windows in its upper room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Now, if you go to the very beginning of verse number 10, it says, when Daniel learned that the document had been signed. Okay, now what document had been signed? Well, that's why we always encourage people, don't just read one verse, try to read a lot more that get the context of the scripture. If you go back a few verses to verse number 7, it tells us what it is. It says, all the administrators of the kingdom, the prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days anyone who petitions any god or man except you the king will be thrown into the lion's den. Okay, so this is the story right before the lion's den. So so here's what's happening. In verse number 9, the king signed a document that his fellow, his sort of like his cabinet around him said, "Hey, for 30 days, let's make an edict. So what what a great king you are. Let's let's say that nobody can pray to any god but you. For 30 days, you get to be God." Now that, that's sort of heady stuff right there. And so the king's like, well, you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And so the king's like, I'm going to sign that. And so he signs it. Now, the reason why they did that is all those people, like, on his cabinet, they, they couldn't stand Daniel because Daniel was a guy that was on the rise. He was a, he was a great man, and the king looked to him more and more, so they wanted to knock Daniel down. And they knew that Daniel, he was not a man who hid his faith from people. They knew that he was a man who consistently prayed to God. And so they said, we're going to attack him in his prayer life. We're going to get him into trouble. And if he prays, then what we're going to do is we're going to say, hey, he's breaking your law, and king, you have to throw him into the lion's den. So Daniel knew that this document had been signed. Now here's what's interesting. How did Daniel respond when he found out this document had been signed? Can't pray to anybody but the king or you're going to be killed. Well, verse number 10, Daniel went home went upstairs got down on his knees and he gave thanks to God. That's y'all that's tough. Like but that, that guy, that's a guy that I think I would like to be like that. He prayed a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Now I thought about y'all that would naturally for me that is not a prayer I'm going to be praying to God giving thanks to God. I'm going to be praying one of those imprecatory prayers. Have y'all ever heard of the imprecatory psalms before? Y'all ever heard of those? You going know, to say, well, what in the world is that? Well, an imprecatory psalm or prayer, it's referring to casting a curse or a judgment on someone who's interfering in your life. Y'all, I'm good at those prayers. Uh, let, let me give you an example of an imprecatory prayer. This is in the book of Psalms. King David prayed this prayer. Psalm 109, verses 6 through 12. It's, I just, when I saw this, I thought, man, I could see me praying this. Here's, he's praying to God. It says, the Lord set a wicked person over him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he's judged, let him be found guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. Let his days be few. Let another take over his position. This is a nice one right here. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children wander as beggars, searching for food far from their demolished homes. Let a creditor seize all that he has. Let strangers plunder what he's worked for. Let no one show him kindness. Let no one be gracious to his fatherless children. Okay, I read that and I thought, amen, brother. I mean, I can pray that prayer right there. Now, I sit there and I think if anybody should be able to pray that prayer, it's Daniel. But what did Daniel do? Daniel says, went and he got on his knees and he offered thanksgiving to God. He said, I'm not going to allow my circumstances to interrupt my practice of being thankful. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be good at something, one thing you have to do is you have to practice it come rain or shine. You have to practice it. You know, whenever there's sometimes when I'll be sitting in my office and I can I'll look out in the parking lot and every ever so often I'm sure it's been some of y'all, I will see a parent with like a teenager, and they will switch seats and the teenager will get in the driver's seat and what they're doing they're learning. There's a lot of kids that have learned how to drive out here in this parking lot. Um, Our children have learned how to drive in this parking lot and it's fun. It's it's entertaining to watch. You know, you can see the parents. You know, and you're talking to them and you know and especially the braking part is sort of, the, you know, sort of one of the first things you teach them. And you, you know when they're just learning how. You know, I can just see the parent in the car going, okay, now what you want to do is you want to come to a nice, smooth stop. You got it? You know, I got it, you know, because kids know everything. And so they start driving the car, and they, they begin to brake. And what they do is they, they jam on the brake. You just see the back of the car just kind of come up. The parent's head goes through the windshield, and they snap back. And it just happens over and over again. And you're sitting there watching it going, that, kid, that kid's never going to learn how to drive. You know, that kid's never going to learn how to put on the brakes. But you know what happens? Eventually, eventually, they learn how to do it. You know why? Because practice. They just continually do it over and over again. Okay, now here's the deal. You, do you want to be good at being thankful, at being a person of thanksgiving? Do you, want to, do you want to be separate from this world and be one of God's people? Then practice thanksgiving. And you, you might look at that and think, well, I don't, I don't feel like it sometimes. So that doesn't matter. You might say, well, then that's being disingenuous. No, what happens is as you practice thanksgiving, you know what you learn? You learn that you actually have a lot to be thankful for. And that's Daniel. Daniel had a lot to be thankful for. Daniel had come as a slave, and now here he is. He's one of the top people who is leading this new nation that he's in. Uh, Daniel had a lot to be grateful for because he was communicating with God and God would communicate with him. He had a lot to be thankful for because Daniel knew that God had given a promise that there would be a day when God would bring deliverance to the Hebrew people. Therefore, he continued to offer thanksgiving even when circumstances weren't favorable. He practiced. And if we're going to be a thankful people, how do we do that? Well, don't allow your circumstances to change your practice. But then here's another example that we see from Daniel on how to be thankful. And that is, if you're going to be thankful, prepare to be thankful. I mean, prepare for it. Uh, Verse number 10. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house, and the windows in its upper room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to God just as he had done before. Now, whenever Daniel returned home, after finding out about this decree, don't pray to anybody, but the king, Daniel, goes home. He walks up into his into his upstairs room where the windows are opened, and he prays. Now, those windows were open because he, he had already prepared for it. Now, you can say, well, you know, he lived in what is now modern-day Iraq. I, Iraq is not known for, you know, for its winters. And so it's, you know, it's not unusual for it to get like to 120 to 130 degrees. And so people, they would, they would open up the windows on their top floor in order to, they would hope, they would go up there to cool off in the hopes that maybe a breeze will blow. So it was not unusual that he had his windows open. But his windows were open, it says, facing Jerusalem. So that was different. Now why were his windows open facing Jerusalem? Because when he prayed, he was praying towards Jerusalem. Now what does that mean? Well, he, he knew the words of King Solomon Years and years before, that Solomon had prayed this to God back in First Kings 8. He prayed, God, when they sin against you, for there's no one who does not sin, and you're angry with them. And he says, "And Lord, when you hand them over to the enemy, and their captors deport them to the enemy's country. So this is, this is like a prophecy. This is exactly what happened to, to Daniel. He says, when they're, they're in another country, when they come to their senses in the land where they were deported, and they repent, And petition you in their captor's land. And they say this. We've sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked. And Lord, when they return to you with their whole mind and their heart in the land of their enemies who took them captive. And when they pray to you. And here it is. In the direction of their land that you gave their ancestors. The city you have chosen. Which is the city. was Jerusalem. And the temple I've built for your name. May you hear in heaven. Your dwelling place. Their prayer and petition. And uphold their cause. Daniel knew this, his people are in captivity, he opens his windows to Jerusalem, he prays in that direction because of the scripture, because he's like, Lord, I am praying to you because I want you to hear and uphold my cause, and Lord, I pray for deliverance. This was something Daniel did, he did it three times every day, he was prepared for it. Now, the customary hours of prayer for them would have been at nine o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock, and then 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, if you're going to do something and be faithful at doing it, you have to prepare to do it, right? Daniel was prepared. It reminds me of a story. There was a man, a young man who wanted a job at a logging company, and he went to the foreman and said, hey, I, I would, I'd, I'd like to get a job with you cutting down trees. And he said, well, how good are you cutting down trees? He said, Here, here's an ax. Let's see how good you are. So the guy got the ax, and man, he just expertly cut a tree down in no time at all. And the guy's like, man, you're hired. He goes, you come Monday, you got a job, start Monday. So the guy came Monday, he cut down more trees than everybody. But every day, it diminished. By the time they got to the Thursday, the foreman uh, said, come by and pick up your check and uh, and then leave. And he said, I thought we didn't get paid till Friday. Well, we, you don't, um, he said, but we're letting you go early. He said, you know, you started cutting down more trees than everybody on Monday. He said, now you cut down less trees than everybody else. And the guy was just totally flabbergasted. He said, I've been working so hard. He said, I've worked through lunch break. He said, I'm not taking one break. I continually work at cutting down those trees. And, and the foreman thought he was telling the truth, and so he asked him a real simple question. He said, have you been sharpening your blade? The guy my, he said, I've been sharpening my blade. I haven't had time to do that. Now, there's a lot of us who are just like that in life. We go at it at life with everything we've got. You know, we're swinging away at life. And, and then after a period of time, though, we're like, Man, I just feel like I'm being very effective. I don't feel like I'm really making a difference. And and it very likely could be because you are not sharpening your blade with God and spending time with him. You see, that's what Daniel was doing. Daniel took time every day to sharpen his axe with God. And whenever trouble came his way, he was prepared to deal with it because he had prepared every day to spend time with God. He was thankful. So so what example do we see from Daniel on on how to be thankful? Don't allow circumstances to change your practice. Second example is prepare to be thankful. And the final example is a real simple one. Be consistent. Consistently be thankful. Uh, Verse number 10 again. says when Daniel learned that the document had been signed, what did he do? He went to his house. It says the windows... In its upper room, open toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God. And here's the part I want you to focus on: just as he had done before, this was a practice for him. It was something that he consistently did. Now, I, I, you know, one thing I've, you discover some stuff about yourself as you as you get older, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. One thing I've discovered about myself is that. I, am a, I, can be a, I can be an envious person, and I'll give you an innocuous example of it. Uh, we have a couple of guys in our church. Uh, Will Bonneville, who's downtown right now, he's leading the worship service down at Park Street, leading music. And then Wes Allsbrook is in our church. He's probably helping in the children's area right now. And both of those guys, they, they love to fish. Now, I like to fish too. I, I like to talk about it, though. They, they do it. And so what they'll do is every once in a while they'll send me these pictures of fish they've caught. And so re- recently they've been sending me pictures of these red, red bulls they've been catching down at, uh, in Charleston, like 20, 30-pound fish, and they send it to me. And, and, and it's really hard for me to look at those pictures and celebrate with them. You know, I just look at them and go, oh, great. And so, But in my mind, I begin to make excuses. Well, I could catch fish like that, you know, uh, but I got a real job. Or, you know, you're, you, know, I, you know, I could catch fish like that if I had parents who loved me. And so you know you begin to you know you sort of like make all these different excuses, but I, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm just kidding. But but here's here's the the act. You know what the re, you know why they catch fish? Because they fish. Yeah, if if you're going to catch fish, one thing you've got to do is you've actually got to go and go fish, and therefore you will catch them. Now now I look at Daniel and I say, okay. I look at Daniel. And I say, it, it's hard. Say it's, it's hard to be thankful. And for a lot of us, we say, it's really hard for me to be thankful. But it's hard to be thankful when you're not thankful. Am I right? So if you want to be thankful, then you just be thankful. Daniel made thanksgiving a part of his life. He was not sporadic about it. He did not say, hey, circumstances have to line up for me. Otherwise, I refuse to be thankful. He was just consistently thankful. Now, how did he get that way? Was it just because he had a disposition towards thankfulness? That he was just naturally kind? I, I, no. You, you know what it, what it comes down to? It's like anything else. He was disciplined. It was a discipline. He made a decision way back. I'm going to be a thankful person. And, and you get a glimpse of this. If you go back to Daniel chapter 1, remember, Daniel is in captivity. He's taken from Jerusalem. He's brought into Babylon. And, and the king recognized, hey, there's a group of these guys, real sharp guys. You all know who uh, his three friends were, right? Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. These guys are sharp. And so the king said, give them the best food we got. We got the best drink, the best food, give it to them. Well, some of these foods and drinks, they went against the dietary laws of Daniel, of the Jewish people. Daniel's like, I'm not going to do that. And in Daniel 1, verses 8 and 9, it says, Daniel determined he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine he drank, so he asked permission from the chief official not to defile himself. God had granted Daniel favor and compassion from the chief official. Now, in that very at the beginning of that verse, it says Daniel determined he would not defile himself. That word "determined" it means he had made up his mind. You see that he, he meant before he ever got in that situation. Daniel said, "If there's ever an opportunity for me to defile myself, I'm not going to do it." He had previously made up his mind, so that whenever he faced that situation, he wasn't making that decision on the spot. He's already like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that," because I've already. Made up my mind that I will not defile myself. He was consistent. You know, there's something. There is something to be said for consistency. No matter really what it is. I mean, you can take a drip. Now, if you've ever had a faucet or something like that that just constantly drips, you know, when it drips over and over again, it's annoying. You know, oh, you know, I just wish that would quit. But if you take that same drip and you put it in the right, the right circumstances and the right climate. That drip can do something powerful over time, like the Grand Canyon. That's pretty impressive, right? Very probably start with a drip. Now I look at Daniel. I think mean, he didn't. There's he didn't have to be consistent. And there were some of you say, "I don't." You know, there's some days when I don't feel like being consistent. There's some days when I wake up I'm like, "I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to pray." Some days I wake up and i I don't want to I don't want to be kind. Some days I wake up and I don't want to I don't want to offer my praise to God. Let me tell you something: when you are consistent, it leads to great things. It's true in all areas of life. I mean, you take athletics; you have somebody who consistently practice like a basketball player. They consistently practice their free throws. You know what generally happens? They become good at free throws. You take a person who consistently exercises and takes care of their body, they, they, they generally what's going to happen to them is they're, gonna, they're going to have a, a, a body that's in good shape and that's able to withstand things that a lot of other people can't withstand. You take a look at a person who consistently prays, you know what happens? They will consistently see more prayers answered than a person who does not consistently pray. That's what happened to Daniel. Daniel was consistent. He was thankful even when circumstances weren't good. Now, why would he do that? Because he trusted God. You know, he was consistent in his prayer life. Therefore, what happened is he had communion with God. He was consistent with God because he knew that he knew God had given promises. Daniel knew that God had promised that after 70 years, God was going to give freedom to Daniel's people. Daniel knew that God was with him. Now let me tell you something. I want you to know this. God is with you. He's with you. And he's not just with you. And this can be hard to believe, but did you know God is for you? God is for you. In Romans 8, 31, it says, If God be for us, then who can be against us? You know we 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 are living in a world that is becoming less and less thankful. But I look at Daniel, and he shows us how to be thankful. How? Now, don't allow your circumstances to change your practice. You have to prepare to be thankful, and then finally be consistent in your thanksgiving. Okay, so so what do we do with that? Put it into practice.